Spilger. Sprinkle. <laughs> sprinkle. Just go ahead and Spilger. spill it. Don't sprinkle it. And I was ready to come out of my mouth. I said, I'm going to swallow it. I practice and practice. <laughs> Brother Spilger, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. And uh, thank you for the lesson this morning. Amen. And um, Brother Spilger is here uh, not just because of a plane crash and not just because uh, he survived, but he's here because of 50 plus faithful years of ministry, 48 years of marriage, and teaching and training children to love and serve the Lord as well. And so, uh, Brother Spilger, we're excited to hear more of the details about what God did in your life years ago. And so come and help us tonight. Thank Amen. You, Thank you so much. Well, it's a blessing to be here. I, I know words just are not, uh, I don't know how to say thank you. I we jotted down a couple of things to say thank you for your hospitality. And uh, it's a privilege to have gotten here the weekend after camp and all the energy. Now, y'all, this is awesome. I mean, maybe you have that all the time here, but I know when the God is working, that's true. But this is awesome. And then the meals, <clears throat> different times we've been able to be with uh, Pastor and his family and um, Brother and Mrs. Swartz. And uh, he's, but anyway, it's just a blessing. And just, I could go on, but it's just a blessing. And I, uh, your enthusiasm, your energy, I just, we listed a couple of things to just begin. If, for the message tonight, we're going to look at Romans. And uh, I'd like to take a few minutes and tell you about the plane crash. And I think we have a video of that. If uh, we could have that, or just, you can see some pictures. And uh, uh, back in 1980, uh, I left real early on that Tuesday morning to go to a uh, pastor's conference in Kansas City. I flew back after that conference, uh, and we got we approached the air. You want to go to the next slide there? Here are the pastors, a picture of them and their uh, wives and the widows. Um, <clears throat> I need to get my water here. And uh, But probably the greatest emotional struggle that I had was uh, and that was um, that is such a strange thing. You would think you'd just be delighted that you're alive. Uh, uh, they did not go home. Never met him. We had a premiere of the documentary in April of last year, and he was supposed to come, and he didn't. I was so dis, but um, I don't think he could handle it. You understand what I'm of the pastor down on the corner. Uh, her and her family came from Kansas City. And uh, she came up to me afterwards and she said, Brother Ken, I'm serious. Isn't that amazing? There, there are wounds and there are things that happen. And so, but anyway, uh, then we, uh, we want to go on here. We have uh, the plane crashed and uh, I think you all can read it. I'm not going to try to read body. And that meant that there would be skin grafting. I talked about that in choirs where they take skin from another place in, on your body and put it there. Stem cells from placentas. They, and it, those cells will take the DNA in your body and it will become skin where it's supposed to pain. That comes from that donor side. That's a second degree burn. And it's on me because that's where they took it. And... Uh, so I, I guarantee I didn't go swimming or anything. I just, you know, I, 
Whew, it, it was something else. But uh, the and then um, there's a picture of the uh, the there the slope on it's very high, and you see the highlighted place of the power line. That's where we hit it. I probably need to get going on here to the next one then, and and uh, we flew in. And again, the parts of that plane, they hauled it off in a pickup truck. The ship was ready to go home from the hospital. And uh, he had met, seen Beth, and they recognized each other. He was coming in to visit somebody else. He asked in, he introduced himself. He said, How'd you, do you know how you got out? And I said, that's as good an answer as you can give because you did not ride that plane to the ground. You could not have lived. Had So his theory was, I fell out when we hit the tree, and I fell out in my seat. Came in from fuel tanks in the wings and up between my legs and up under the pilot seat and of course we hit that earlier there and that started a fire and I was on fire but I landed in my seat and so I'm re- that's why this hand I believe is burnt so badly I was in shock I don't remember any of this that's an awesome thing. other men and I've seen pictures I don't have them but I've seen pictures of uh, the firefighters took of the crack on one side and one on the other. And then I went to get help. And we can go on, I believe, to the next picture. And, well, those are some of the burns. Uh, and if you, these are very gross. Uh, we are the deep burns. Um, we can go on there. I don't know how, I don't want to, my right hand, my legs. And they cut them open, uh, cut that open so the blood circulation was not cut off. And we can go on white. In the book, we have black and white, and we have color. We can go on. And you can go on, and you... I see a picture of my wife and I and our two older girls. Uh, Our oldest daughter was three when the plane crashed. Our second daughter was one. They both celebrated birthdays. In the hospital, uh, we we were celebrating their birthday. And then you see a picture picture where they're out. And now you see a picture of our family... Uh, God bless us with five more, I'm sorry, 2019. And then we had uh, two more, a little baby and a daughter and her family are missionaries, and they were not able to be there. But uh, and I believe that's it. It's that things that happened and maybe a graphic picture of it. And um, But I'm minutes. You don't believe me? I'm going to do my best. So we're going to have some people come, some young people come up. And they're going to help us with an object lesson. And it won't be midnight by then, but we're going to get done. I just want you to, I wanted something, and hopefully keep your attention. So if you, in Romans 8 and verse 20, Lord, what needs to happen here tonight, it's something you have to do, we can't do. And so we give ourselves to you, that you might work in our heart that work that you desire. We pray and you know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And uh, so we see here that God promised to work everything for your good and for his glory. In the end of 20 and early 21, am I... I talk like this for months. So, uh, God promises to work everything for your good, for his glory. God's, God purposes to confirm. People see us, they see Jesus, his son. That's what he wants. And he's not doing that because he's selfish. He's doing it because he wants only hope.
Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you know why he said that? Because that's true. And you know, people can say, well, God is a very selfish God. No, he's not. Back, you saw a picture of our uh, two little girls before our second daughter was born. Uh, Anna, our mascot of the church, she ran around. Everybody loved her. And we had a, a lady, a family, visit our church. I have a twin sister. They, they, she went to witness to her and lead her to the Lord. And very dignified lady. And she said, believe that a loving God would accept any person's best effort to get to him. But I did this. I said, Lord, help me. She knew Anna. I said, you know, toy stores had pet stores. Anna loved to go there. Kingstown Mall. And I said to Anna, all right, hon, now it's time to go to another. And then I said, would it be love for me to say, oh, honey, I love you so much that you can get home any way you want. I mean, I mean she's just one years old, not quite two. And she looked at me and said, she thought, well, that's crazy. Now, she did not get saved that night, but she got saved later. I'm just simply saying, God loves us so much that he did not leave it up to us. And so he wants us to look like Jesus so that they can get saved. It's not like we're trying to be obnoxious, because we're not. There's only one reason why I can stand before you tonight is of Jesus. And that's true for all of us. Okay. So, I haven't even got to the message yet. We're getting there. Now, give you five things. Okay, so we can trust God. Okay, first of all, by claiming His certainty. Notice what it says. And we know. Amen. And I'd go over that verse when I was in the hospital in that bed. And I would say, I'd lay there in that bed. And I was in so much pain, the bed would shake sometimes. And I would say, and we know. And I would just start crying because it was a certainty. I wasn't guessing. We know. Now, you go through things. It's just the way it is. We live in a fallen world, folks. So we can trust God because of the certainty of his promise. We know that he is working. Okay, second point. We know that all things, that's the circumference of the problem. The certainty of it, we know. We're not guessing. The circumference of it is all things. That means everything. All of it. Including a plane crash. Let me tell you this. At that conference, I went a very discouraged Young man. With three men I met that day, and they went off with their, with their friends. I had friends there, but I kind of went off. There were a lot of people there. I went off kind of in a place where nobody would see me. I listened and got encouraged to God. And I prayed something like this. And they had it up on a screen, and you could read it, and you could, you know, pray. I have prayed that hundreds of times. Something isn't right in my life. And I don't know what it is. I give myself to you to fix whatever's wrong. Four hours later, 
the plane crash. I tell you what, I tell that story. When those widows are there, or if their children are there, and become friends of ours. They don't live in St. Louis, but oh, I'm telling their husband, their pastor. But he spared me. Some toes. I've had a pain and nausea, that kind of stuff, but it's nothing like they went through. Are you with me? It might be nothing compared to what some of you have gone through in your life. And I'm aware of all things, the circumference, including that word collusion. They work together. They all fit together. God just takes and he puts all of that together. And we need it all for our life to be what he wants our life to be. We can't leave anything out or something's going to be missing. And we know the certainty of that promise. That all things, the circumference of it, work together. The collusion of it, they have to be working together. And then the clarity of it. Notice the next words there. For good. And for His glory. God is never doing anything that's not going to be our best. I'm going to start a verse and you help me with it, okay? Whom the Lord loveth, He ever experienced God's chastening. You've also known that God loved. He did not mean it for evil. He meant it for good. It says, to them who are, to, the, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God makes a big deal. Jesus made a big deal about loving him. He said the two greatest commandments, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say that. I did just say it, but I told you what he said. And by the way, that was even said in the Old Testament. Not just the New Testament teaching. This matter of love, because if you love God, everything else will sit back. And uh, he preached on hell. He preached it great. People were, young people were moved. I was moved. And another preacher got up there and he said that was a great message on hell. But he said, I grew up in homes and nobody wanted me. Because it cost too much money to get my eyes fixed. Then I got a family that knew Jesus. And they took me to church. He said, I thought I'd already been to hell. I mean, all the stuff he went through. That, that, that wouldn't have spoken to me. But I saw the love of God in that church. I want your lovest thou me more than these. If you love Jesus more than these, all these are, are, are attracting you. Check your love for Jesus because he is the best. He's the first. He's the greatest. Love him. Just love him. And he says in John 15, 10, if you keep, Jesus said, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father. He, he just says, if you just do what I tell you to do, and that word keep is God chose it, okay? So, but this, see, I can just obey out on the surface. You know, it's like the kid that sat down and up on the inside. You know, we can, we can obey just because we have to. We, I like the term, I'm not sure I can prove treasuring it. God says it. I just said it. 
I don't understand it, but I don't have to. I can just trust of God. And then it says to them who are the called according to his purpose. There are a lot of people who want to build theologies around something different on that. I'm just going to tell you, I believe what the Bible says is what I just said. And his purpose then in verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Not just predestinate to be saved. They predestinate somebody to go to hell. He didn't do that. But predestinated them to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So he has predestinated all Christians, all those that get born again to be like Jesus. That's his plan. And you know what? If we get on with the program, it just makes it a lot easier. You might not have to have a plane to crash. I don't know. But you know God meant it for good. I've been able to tell people about Jesus Christ that I would have never met if the plane had not crashed. Now, I don't know if I made it in 15 minutes or not, but I tried. So if we could have some of the young people here, I and I'm not sure we have, I think, the ingredients. I'd like to tell you about chocolate chip cookies. Now, I think what we end up getting, I just got a few. Uh, they're not chocolate chip cookies. They're chocolate, now get this, chocolate chunk cookies. And uh, we just bought all they had. And it's not going to be enough for everybody. And I apologize for that. So if I'm going to ask my wife if she would come and help. You want to just set that. Let's see if we can have you guys come up here. I'd like you to face people. Maybe would it be okay if you stood right over there? Would that give you enough room, Beth? Okay, so we need probably four or five more people if we could. You're going to be our taste testers. We're going to have a... um, we're going to have the ingredients for chocolate chip cookies. How many of you like chocolate chip cookies or chocolate chunk cookies? How many of you like them? Okay, I, I think that's, I'm going to count that unanimous. Maybe some of you are a little shy, okay? So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take the ingredients of these chocolate chip cookies. How do we need to be? We have ten. You know? Okay. Okay, that, that's what I need. Okay, so in our book, we have the recipe for these cookies. Not those, but for some chocolate chip cookies. And, um, and so we have here two cups of softened butter. Now, you don't have to eat two cups of that. Or do you like I want you to taste the butter. We do, this is our butter taster right here. Okay. And uh, what do you think? Okay, that, that, that sounds good. There's not a problem with that. Okay, and then we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a half cup of brown sugar. Now, thank you so much. By the way, we have a chocolate chunk cookie for you in a minute, just for helping us, okay? Now, we have your brown sugar, all right? What do you think? Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, thank you so much. And now we're going to have... It's a cup and a half. You just get to take Okay. Okay. See, these guys volunteered first. It's been pretty good so far. Okay. Now we're going to move on here to uh, four eggs. That's, is, that's a raw egg. Uncooked. Are you, do you like uncooked eggs? 
No, no, I'm not gonna. Oh no, we don't we don't have to make him do that. You know in our family one time we had we were all together and one of our sons said to some of the sons in law said, We're gonna have a man test. What's it gonna be? If you eat a raw egg, you're a real man. You know what? I said I don't have any insecurity problems, I don't have to prove I'm a real man. Amen? So anyway, uh we're gonna let you Woo. I don't even know how we'll do it. We have never done this. I think uh, we might we might have to do that later. Okay, let's go. Let's go. By the way, while they're doing that, let's just think. If you don't like raw eggs, how many of you like raw eggs? Any of you, we usually have, we got to always have a couple. But let me just say this. Let's just say you don't like raw eggs, so you're going to fry them. How many of you like fried eggs? But if you put fried eggs in that chocolate chip cookie recipe, it wouldn't turn out chocolate chip cookies. You got to fry it. Go ahead. Do you want to? Here we go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's give him. <laughs> Brother. Ah. Let me ask you this. Was it good? Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. He is the first. Yes. 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 I, I want to shake your hand. Brother, I, I want to thank you. I feel like I need to give you a hug. I, I'm afraid you might burp on me or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so we have, okay, and then we have, uh, well, we have one teaspoon of hot water. Now, how was that? <laughs> All right. It's the best we could do. I'm just telling you. I'm glad you didn't say lukewarm. Oh boy, that been uh, I probably was kind of lukewarm though, right? <laughs> okay. Then we have here uh, two teaspoons of vanilla. <laughs> okay. There you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, so then we have here. Th- Okay, this is a this is three tea, three cups of sifted flour. I am so sorry, guys. I am just so sorry, but uh, no, no sifted flour. Oh, you're getting the, she's getting the water ready. I'm telling you what. I know how this works, but I'm not giving you this whole thing. Oh, he can do. He can do. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Take and drink a lot. Okay, let me ask you this. How did, how did that go? Did you like? No. No. Okay, yeah. So we had here, uh, okay, we're going to go on here to two teaspoons. I guess is that tea, teaspoons or yes, t- yeah, of salt. <laughs> y- y'all draw a different straw. I mean, this is where it is, okay? Well, that's definitely salt, right? So, how was that? Would you? <laughs> okay, okay. And then we have here two teaspoons of soda. Now, we're not talking about soda like Pepsi. We're talking soda as in a baking soda type thing. Okay. 
So, what do you think? What? Not good. Okay. Okay. So, then we have one package of chocolate chips. Woo! All right. You... Oh, the, well, we have oatmeal. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. This, no, 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 no. He gets the oatmeal. No, <laughs> just, no I'm just... <laughs> Was that the oatmeal? No, this is chocolate chip. Oh, how was that? Oh, all right. Give them a hand. Okay, now the oatmeal. All right. Sorry, brother. I, I'm telling you. What do you think? Rather dry. Yeah. So, on all of these, okay, how many of them were good? You want to raise your hand? How many was good? You have one, two, three. Okay. Okay, so if we took everything that we didn't like out of that recipe, we wouldn't have any chocolate chip cookies. So if you left everything out of your life that you did not like, you wouldn't be like Jesus. Now I'm telling you, this gets pretty serious, doesn't it? And uh, so I believe God wants us to be like Jesus. Guys... Thank you all so much. Just give him a big hand, okay? Let's weep. Man, I'll tell you what. Um, after the service, we have some chocolate chunk cookies. Oh, we got them right here. Can't eat them until after. There you go. So, uh, I don't make you want to... Yeah. <laughs> I think the guy that ate the egg should get two of them. I'm just, I'm just saying. I. Uh, so, uh I want to tell you, to me, that's a powerful tool, isn't it? Think about it. All right, now, I'd like to tell you a couple of stories about some people's lives. We have uh, a missionary in Uganda, a widow. Her name is Debbie Guyman. Her and her husband or family have a, a son. Back in 1999, they went for their first term as missionaries in Uganda. Dr. Guyman had a Ph.D. in nuclear chemistry and cosmology. He was the head of the natural science department at a Missouri Baptist University. Now, it's a Southern Baptist school. He came to our independent Baptist church because God led them there. And it limited himself in some ways. But God used us. He told me when he came, he said, Pastor Spilger, I believe that God is going to use you in my life in a very mighty way. And we talked. And we spent a lot of time together. Again, he had a Ph.D., so he had a lot of education. He went through our Bible Institute, just a small Bible Institute that we have. Uh, God began to call him and his wife to be missionaries. So they left that work that he was paid very well to, by faith, go be a missionary. God called them uh, to, have, to, build, to have an orphanage there in Uganda. Now, as a teenager, Kyle, Dr. Guyman, 
had cancer. He grew up in Arkansas. We don't hold that against him. If you're in Missouri, that means something. Okay, I'm just saying. You know, I have no idea what you say around here, but Dr. Guyman uh, played football, varsity football, as a freshman in high school. And the University of Arkansas was scouting him to be a player for their school. And then he got cancer. And that cancer just stripped him of all his strength. Now he survived. He had a lot of treatments with it and all that. And he survived. But he became bitter. That was, I don't know, a raw egg. Maybe some vanilla. And he got angry at God. God got a hold of his heart through a pastor while he was in college. And God just turned him totally around and surrendered totally to God to where when I met him, he came to our church. He would stand up before our people and he would start listing everything. He said, everything that I have in my life that is good is because I had cancer when I was a teenager. Everything. He said, I would have destroyed my life had I not had cancer. But now, for a while, he could not see past that. So we're looking at the certainty of God's promise. The circumference, everything. We're looking at working together, the collusion. We're looking at the clarity. Pray that God will give you clarity. And then we're looking at the condition that you love God. See, if you're going to live your life for yourself, you're going to have a problem. Kyle chose not to. And they were able to raise and be fully supported in a year and a half. And God called ten couples to be missionaries while they're on deputation. I mean, it's just, it's just like heaven came down and just woo, worked on them. And they got over there. And out of that work, in like ten years, they had, uh, I think, six churches planted, an orphanage started. And there's just many stories that could be told about all that. Then he started to have heart problems. Heart was working at, I don't know, 50% or less. He come home and had some tests done and had open heart surgery. And because of the cancer treatments, the heart had been damaged, the muscle had been damaged. And, but the surgery was successful, but it had, uh, they took, taken his spleen out and it damaged other things in there. But he lived another 36 years. Are you understand what I'm saying? And yet, he got pneumonia, hospital acquired pneumonia, and it went into sepsis, and he died. That was hard. That is just hard. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He's one of my best friends. So, well, well, you're not, this isn't even a happy message at all. I'm going to tell you, if you were with Mrs. Guyman today, God's doing stuff over there. It is just amazing. We were over there in 2018 with, for a short time with her. And we had early, we'd been over there several, a couple of different times. And we met a man by the name of Dennis, who was a man that worked with Kyle. And he was in Sorote, a, a city kind of north, central, north, maybe a little bit east of, uh, uh, in, in Uganda. 
And uh, anyway, he had gotten older and he moved out to his village and he wanted to see us. So we went out there and a uh, daughter and two of his sons rode out there with us, Beth and Mrs. Guyman and myself and, and those three. And one of those sons is the pastor of the church there at that work. Another one is, is a graduate of, uh, in, of the university there having to do with, I don't know, some kind of marketing and social work within the country. And they're all sharp. The, the, the daughter is just a, a, a godly woman. Okay, we went out there to see her dad. And they, I didn't know they, they wanted me to preach, so I got up and preached. I didn't have my Bible, so I, used, I said, can I use my phone? They said, yeah, that would be fine. So I told people, I have my... Bible on, I mean, I know he's going to preach. So I get up there and preach. We had two older ladies get saved. And it's just awesome stuff. I mean, and Dennis, he just wanted to show that, give a gift to a friend. He gave us a, a, a rooster, not cleaned, but alive. And I, you know, I shook his hand and I thanked him and I gave him a hug and I just took that rooster. It was in a bag and we, you know, and legs were tied and we put it in the truck. We were going to leave the next day to come back to the U.S., and we gave it to Paul, his son. I mean, I don't, what are you going to do with it, you know? But I wasn't going to in any way make him look bad, and all his son said, thank you for respecting Dad like you did. That's awesome. You know, he died here a year ago. He saw Mrs. Guyman, and this is what he said. I'm going to get to go see my best friend, Dr. Guyman. I'm looking forward to that. I next to Jesus, but you know what I'm saying. Isn't that awesome? What a testimony. And so, uh, but all things work together. Kyle needed cancer to do that. God knew he was only going to live so long, and so he got him to the field. Amen? And there are people serving. That work is going on just, just like, you know, like he would want it to. I mean, he had a vision, but God is working there. And anyway, second story I'd like to tell. We have a family in our church today. He's one of our deacons. He teaches our men's class. And um, <clears throat> back a number of years ago when they came to the church, they were just new, newlyweds. And he's an engineer. She's a nurse. And uh, they had a little boy. He is going to be 13. And, uh, but that little boy was two, I believe, at that time. And they were with child again, going to have another baby. And they were so excited. And the doctors, they did some tests, and they said, this baby's not going to be right. Um, It's going to be born in such a way that uh, it will live two minutes. That's all. It was not going to have ribs and muscles and skin to be around the organs. And we recommend you get an abortion. And they instead got a different doctor and went to a different hospital. Carried that baby to full term. We pray that God would heal him. It's a little boy. They named him Gabriel. Well, he was born on a Sunday evening. And uh, God didn't heal him. Now, he didn't live two minutes. He lived seven. And in that hospital, they had a professional photographer there. They wrapped little Gabriel in a blanket. And they got a family picture 
where their older son, Ethan, is holding him. And they're sitting there with him. And they have that picture of him. Well, our church was praying. We're on our knees, literally crying out to God. And one young man was praying, Oh, God, help us to know how to minister to Randy and Faith. Now, I think you all know, you know the Lord. He puts things in your heart. What I'm going to share with you next, I could never come up with my on my own. God had to give it to me. It's like the Spirit of God said to me as this young man was praying, Ken, if Gabe, he said Gabriel did everything I designed him to do. See, they by faith had that little baby. Are you with me? They let Gabriel do everything God designed him to do. He lived seven minutes. But the Spirit of God just said to me, if you'll do what I've designed you to do, you'll minister to them. I'd like to tell that story everywhere I go. I believe Gabriel can minister to you tonight. Are you doing what God designed you to do? Do you even know what God designed you to do? Or are you more concerned about what you want? We laid ourselves down that, that, that night and we just prayed. And I wish you could meet Randy and Faith. Oh, they're a blessing, aren't they? They have two little girls. And they minister to people in a way that they never could. Had they not had Gabriel. Now I'm going to ask you tonight. Are you willing to trust God? You say, what if the plane crashes? That's okay. We can take that. It's part of the all things. Leave the eggs out or fry the eggs. You won't have chocolate chip cookies. You'll have a mess. See, it's got to have it all there. Ours isn't to choose. Ours is to trust. I just ask you, will you do that? And um, I went to Tennessee Temple back years ago. Dr. Robertson was there. His life verse was this. Romans 8, 28. It became that when their little baby, Joy, died. He was out in a meeting. And on his way back, he... uh, he was driving, and there's a went down a road and said, road closed, detour. And he had to go a different way, and he followed the detour signs. You might have to do that sometimes, but it's okay. You follow God. And they started a ministry called Camp Joy. Thousands of children got saved. That was inspiration of their little girl. I want to just say... I don't know what God's doing in your life, but I'm going to tell you, if you'll join me, let's just trust him. Amen? Let's give it to him, all of it. Just say, God, here I am. Just like we heard sung here tonight. Oh, that was powerful. Will you trust him? I'm going to ask that we bow our heads, close our eyes, and just kind of think, where are you in this? Where, where do you want, where does God want you to be? Uh, what would you maybe be struggling with? Um, 
God loves you. His plans for you are good. When you get before Him one day, and you just trust Him no matter what you think it is, He'll say, well done. As you're faithful, you just walk with Him. He'll say, well done. I believe we want to hear that, don't we? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He means it all for good.